0: Chapter Twelve of Wanted a Pedigree by Martha Finlay. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recorded by Ruhi Huck. Wanted a Pedigree by Martha Finlay. Chapter Twelve A Young Tigress one saturday afternoon after having been as usual kept hard at work all the morning nina was sent on an errand for her aunt that gave her a walk of several miles a very disagreeable and fatiguing one for the pavements were slippery with ice and snow and, as she returned a keen cold wind blew directly in her face nearly all the way the child was completely worn out and found it utterly impossible to keep her eyes open that evening during mr powell's monotonous reading of a very long chapter genealogies and the equally monotonous and still longer prayer that followed and when the others rose from their knees she remained upon hers while her audible breathing told plainly why she had not copied their example the boys exchanged glances, and Sylvester laughed aloud. "'Hush!' said his mother sternly, as Nina, roused by the sound of his mirth, rose hastily to her feet and looked about her in some confusion. "'Don't laugh at such sinful conduct. Nina, I am astonished,' she went on, turning to the delinquent and speaking with great severity of tone and manner. "'You've been sleeping while Mr. Powell was praying, and the rest of us uniting with him. "'Sleeping in prayer-time?' i never heard of anything so wicked why it absolutely frightens me i almost expect to see the roof fall in and bury us all in the ruins i couldn't help it muttered nina hanging her head while her cheeks crimsoned with mortification i was so tired my eyes wouldn't stay open tired exclaimed her aunt i should like to know what you've had to tire you but go up to your bed this minute We've had quite enough of you for tonight. The child's sympathies had been strongly excited that morning for a poor seamstress who had brought home some shirts she had been making for Mister Powell. Pale, weary-looking little woman who went away sobbing because of the pitiful sum paid her for her work and the cold, harsh words and tones with which her pleading for a more just remuneration had been denied. Nina had felt deeply for her and now as she obeyed her aunt's order and went slowly and wearily up the stairs she muttered to herself i don't think it was half so wicked as paying that poor woman such a mean little bit for her work and then talking so crossly to her besides i'm sure that was wicked and mean too mamma always said it was wicked to be cross particularly to folks who were poor and in trouble the next day nina was told that she must stay at home and take care of the children while all the rest went to church she was too wicked to go there or to sunday-school a girl who could fall asleep in prayer-time was not fit to enjoy such privileges she listened in silence to the cold cutting reproof and turned away with an air of indifference presently remarking that she didn't consider it any pleasure or privilege to go to church or sunday-school and would about as lief stay at home as not then you're even more hardened in sin than i took you to be said her aunt severely and i'm really afraid there's very little hope of a girl who can feel and act and talk as you do after so many weeks spent in the bosom of this christian family what do you think thomas why i am afraid you're right comfort as you generally are he answered in a half hesitating way nina's temper was rising and she hastily ran out of the room lest she should not be able to keep back the angry words she was longing to speak it was an unhappy beginning of a very unhappy week monday was a dreary day and everybody in the house seemed to be in a bad humour Mrs. Powell scolded more than was usual with her, even on wash day. The little ones cried and fretted. Homer was more conscious than ever of his own vast superiority to Nina, and took special pains to make it evident to her, While Sylvester teased her, and she lost her temper so completely that she went away from the breakfast table before she had half finished her meal she was on her way upstairs to get ready for school when her aunt called her into her room and read her a long lecture on her wickedness her bad temper and the great crime she had committed in falling asleep during prayers on saturday night winding up by saying you are certainly the most depraved child i ever saw i don't believe you will ever come to any good and yet it is very surprising to me that you could have lived so long in this house beholding day after day the very christian example that mr powell homer and i set before you without showing any desire to copy it nina had stood with folded arms and downcast eyes listening in silent attention through the whole of the lengthened harangue delivered in mrs powell's most disagreeable tones her cheeks growing redder and redder and her lips more and more tightly compressed with each unkind accusation and harsh epithet bestowed upon her but as mrs powell pronounced these last words then paused for breath the smouldering fire suddenly burst into flame aunt comfort cried the child lifting her head and looking her full in the face with kindling eyes while her lip curled with scorn and contempt it seems to me you are exactly like the pharisee your minister preached about the other sunday a proud man who thought himself so good that he prayed God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. And you're just as mistaken as he was. Bad as you think I am, I wouldn't for the world treat anybody as you did that poor woman on Saturday. You didn't pay her half what her work was worth. You know you didn't. And you gave her the crossest words besides, when you might just as well have said something kind and pleasant. And I'm sure all that was a great deal worse than for me to fall asleep in worship when i was so tired i couldn't keep my eyes open i'm not good i know but i wouldn't be as wicked and proud and self-righteous as you are for anything the words were poured forth in such a torrent that there was no stopping her till she had said her say aunt powell rose to her feet white and speechless with rage and seizing the child by the shoulder shook her till her teeth chattered and her head swam so that as her aunt loosened her hold she was obliged to catch at the bedpost to save herself from falling i've had enough of this impudence and i'll teach you to give me no more of it exclaimed mrs powell finding her tongue at last and she left the room she was gone several minutes which gave nina time to recover from her giddiness though by no means from her passion and that rose to a fearful height as her aunt returned with a switch in her hand and the evident intention of using it upon her "'Aunt Comfort!' she cried in a tone of concentrated fury. "'If you touch me with that, you'll be sorry for it.' "'I guess you'll find that you'll be the sorry one,' replied Mrs. Powell, moving rapidly toward her with the whip raised in one hand while she attempted to lay hold of the child's arm with the other. But Nina was too quick for her, and, springing nimbly aside, avoided both the seizure and the intended blow. "'You'll not get away from me, or escape the sound whipping I mean to give you.' you needn't think it said mrs powell through her shut teeth as she darted after her and again tried to catch hold of her arm nina made no reply but suddenly faced about toward her aunt seized the switch jerked it out of her hand broke it in two and threw it into the fire then straightening herself up and looking mrs powell full in the face you'd better not try that again she said i'm too old for such punishment and i won't submit to it neither papa nor mamma ever struck me in their lives and they never allowed anybody else to they didn't approve of whipping children especially girls and so you've no right to do it i have a right to punish you in any way i think proper and i shall do it too my sister did not do her duty by you or she would have broken this high spirit of yours long ago and i should have had less trouble with you now You'd better not try to strike me. I'll fight you if you do, and I'm very strong when I'm angry. Very well, then. I'll turn you over to Mr. Powell, and you'll find that you're not nearly as strong as a man. Go to your room. You shall stay there for a week at least, on bread and water. Go. Anywhere to get away from you, Aunt Comfort, was the saucy rejoinder, and Nina vanished. Rushing up to her own room, she locked herself in, and paced to and fro like a caged lioness, clenching her small white fist till the nails were almost buried in the palm and muttering angrily to herself through her shut teeth the wicked wicked wretch how dare she say such hateful things to me and then try to whip me for getting angry to whip me as if i were a boy or a dog what would mamma have said she would have been as angry as i am oh mamma mamma darling mamma and anger was for the time swallowed up in grief as she threw herself on the bed weeping and sobbing as though her poor little heart would break she wept herself to sleep at length for she had been a good deal overworked in the last few weeks and passion had exhausted much of her remaining strength the dinner-bell roused her she woke with a start and a shiver for the room was cold and she had been lying outside of the bed with no covering over her she jumped up got her cloak and put it on then seated herself by the window resting her elbow on the sill and her head on her hand while thinking over the morning stormy interview with her aunt and considering what she should do in case the threat of handing her over to mr powell for punishment was carried out i don't care if she does she muttered to herself he's nobody to be afraid of and he'll not dare to touch me her cheek crimsoned and her dark eye flashed at the very thought but he'll not do it she went on muttering to herself between her clenched teeth oh i'd be furious if he did i think i could like to kill him for it then she shuddered and hit her face in terror at the thought what if i ever should do such an awful thing as that oh i must try to rule my temper for i remember that mamma used to tell me of people that did do such dreadful things because they let themselves get so angry just as i did this morning Someone tried the door and anne's voice was heard saying here's your dinner miss nina bread and water of course well that's better than nothing so i'll open the door anne stood before it with a slice of bread and a tumbler of water on a small tea-tray which she handed to nina as she did so mr powells pushed her aside and stepped past her and nina into the room much to the surprise of the latter for he was in slippers and had come up the stairs and approached her door with so light and cautious a tread that she had not heard him he shut the door and anne hearing her mistress summoning her from below shuffled away as fast as possible though longing to stay and listen to what would follow mr powell had come up very much against his will he liked nina in spite of her temper and was really not at all sorry that she had baffled his wife's attempt to whip her he was no great believer in corporal punishment for girls except perhaps in their very earliest years and if he had dared to assert his marital authority he would have forbidden his wife to try anything of the kind again but alas he had not even spirit and independence enough to insist upon his right to control his own actions and refused to interfere in the matter mrs powell had ordered him to go to nina and at least threaten her with condign punishment at his hands unless she promised passive submission to it from hers and though hating the task with all his heart he had not ventured to refuse and obey and now he shrank before the glance of nina's flashing eye as she turned and looked at him with compressed lips and heightened colour after setting down her tray upon the washstand neither spoke for a moment then mr powell stammered out i-i was very sorry very sorry indeed to, to hear of your misconduct this morning, Nina. Were you? she said quietly, folding her arms and looking steadily into his face. I hope you were sorry to hear of Aunt Comfort's behaviour also. She said some very dreadful things to me. He gave her a glance of surprise, then looked past her at the wall, fidgeted a little, cleared his throat, and began again. I didn't come here to discuss your aunt's words or actions, but yours. I am sorry to be obliged to say that i think you behaved very ill this morning as well as the other evening when you went to sleep in prayer-time i couldn't help going to sleep i never can help it when i am so worn out aunt comfort had kept me on my feet all day and i think it was more her fault than mine that i went to sleep come he said speaking with some spirit let me hear no more of that you seem to be throwing all the blame of your faults upon your aunt and i will not hear it but you deserve the punishment she meant to inflict upon you this morning and you ought to have submitted to it she is mistress in this house and i cannot allow any rebellion against her authority and so if you will not submit to be punished by her i shall be obliged to take you in hand he spoke very fast as if fearful that his courage might evaporate before he had said all that was necessary and nina had sense enough to perceive it you will never do that, Uncle Thomas. You know you won't, she said, drawing herself up to her full height and giving him a haughty glance out of her kindling eyes. You would not be so unmanly as to lay a finger on a little girl like me, a little girl who will soon be a woman and who has no father or brother to defend her. And you would never have come up here to say such things to me if you hadn't been afraid to say no to Aunt Comfort when she ordered you. He could not gainsay the truth of her assertions, and colouring with anger and mortification, he turned about and left the room merely saying in a threatening tone, You had better not try me. Nina drew a long breath, ran to the door and locked it after him, and returning, sat down to her scanty meal. She tasted nothing but bread and water, and, and saw no one but Anne for the rest of the week. End of chapter 12